Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer. Jay Posner, my boss, the sports editor of the Union Tribune. Uh, Jay, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kevin. I actually took a day off yesterday. That's why I asked. I'm I know. It was it was very, very unusual, but but very refreshing. And it was for a very good cause. And I'm very happy I did it. But it's also good to be back. And of course, it's always good to be back talking with you about the Padres. Tell me what I've missed. Well, Tommy Pham reported. Uh, no, that was before your day off, which in which you only texted yes, me. I was only off one day. Yeah, you, you, you only test, texted me once about work, which people need to understand. That is truly a day off because usually it would be like, I'm taking the day off and Jay and I text 10 or 12 times. But anyway, right. uh, so uh, there's position battles going on. I think that's fascinating in this age of COVID and, and how um, it's going to come down to the end. And then I'm telling you, I, I, I want to sort of sound the alarm bell. And that's not like, oh, it, the place is on fire, but they're going to be like a diff. There's a potential for a different lineup every day. There's a potential for Manny Machado to have to sit out twice in a week, you know, Monday and Friday without him ever having COVID, but maybe he was near a teammate who had symptoms. The roster construction will reflect that where they're like, all right, well, let's see, we're going to keep Ty France and Jake Cronenworth and Greg Garcia. And, and we're going to work jerks and profile in left field. And I mean, this is the more you learn about this and the thinking that's going into it, uh, the crazier this season could be, Jay. A, a different lineup every day. Isn't that why everybody, all the experts wanted Andy Green fired? Because he couldn't he couldn't settle on a lineup? So are we going to go through this again? Please, well, this in please. addition to... In addition to the manager talking about, you know, matchups and how he's fared well against this guy, it, he'll be talking about, well, he wasn't available. And I can tell you or I can't tell you why. Um, and because of the... <laughs> HIPAA and, and what have you. Uh, it's just going to be, you know, a starting pitcher could be scratched a couple hours before his scheduled start. And, you know, uh, probably each team uh, on the road gets to take three taxi squad members. I would imagine a starting pitcher would be among those. One of them has to be a catcher. Man, it is just going to be like a day-to-day thing. What am I going to see at the ballpark today? I wonder if three is going to be enough. I mean, the way things are going with the, I mean, we saw what Tommy Pham said in your story the other day about that if they don't get the testing together it's going to be a bad year will they be able to if they use a taxi squad member you know like when they're in seattle will they be able to fly somebody else up as well or are they just committed to sorry if you only have the three and after that uh you're out of luck I believe that you are able to have three taxi squad members so if you had to put somebody on the active roster now my understanding was also that when a player goes down he has to stay down for and i think it's seven days when it has to do with covid i i don't think that that applies i mean there's going to be a lot of stuff that we learn as we go and i honestly right. believe there's still things being tweaked uh right yeah, up until made, day. made up as we go to a little bit I, it you know what uh yeah. i you say that i think that by the, <laughs> the season they have to have like a level playing field but they are still the mlb and the mlbpa uh they're still talking about different things that uh, and they're getting feedback from general managers from managers from players uh, about how things are going and hey wait, wait a minute we hadn't thought about this what about what happens in this scenario so uh, it is it's gonna be wild it's pretty amazing i mean we're only i think eight days away from the first games um with the Dodgers and Giants and the Yankees and the and the Nationals. And I'm not sure is where the Yankees game is. Is, is that in Washington, Kevin? Do you remember? I thought that was in Washington. If I So if that, they're in Washington, and I think the Giants and Dodgers are playing in L.A. And those yes. are the two places 
where there are issues right now in terms of quarantine, you know, like quarantines. And there's, I know there's a story on the LA Times website today uh, about that and, and whether the Dodgers are going to get an exemption. And I, I don't remember all the details, but there's something about how the Nationals and the Dodgers might be at some sort of disadvantage because of this uh, uh, quarantine situation in their respective cities. I believe when someone in LA or the District of Columbia, when they come into contact with someone, they are supposed to quarantine for 14 days, someone uh, that is uh, tested positive. And they're looking to get an exemption. Now, here's why I think they will get an exemption. I have, over the past uh, several weeks, and in particular recently, talked to people in the county uh, that are on sort of the front lines, uh, if you will. And they're barely, the Padres barely register on their list of concerns, and baseball does, because of Mm -hmm. the strict protocols and because they're outdoors for the most part. And so it's hard for me to imagine that the Dodgers and the Nationals would not get some sort of exemption, though I also imagine it's not very high on the list of priorities uh, for the governments in those areas to be, you know, oh, we got to get right on that because the Dodgers right, requested right. it. Uh, LA's got some some severe problems uh, to deal with up there. Um, so, but I, again, all this that's going on outside is not as concerning to the status of baseball as mm-hmm. I think some of us might be tempted to think and you know, for good reason, really. I mean, it seems like the place is on fire. I think that some of these things, it's good that they're coming up because then they can be resolved because that would put the Dodgers and Nationals at an incredible disadvantage, potentially. Right. And I mean, we I talked about this with someone the other day. I mean, you know, what happens if something happens like that happened with Dallas FC and, and MLS where they had like nine people test positive? I mean, I wonder if there comes a point if a team just can't go anymore is that it? Um, do they just have to drop out? Or is the fact that they have 60-man player pool is the reason for that? Where they would say, hey, we gave you 60 players. It's not our fault that you put 10 prospects you know, on the bottom 10. You've got to use those guys. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably more that's what ends up happening. Unless this happens to a lot of teams. And if that happens, you know, then the whole the plug may have to be pulled on everything. All that has been told to me and all that I've seen anywhere, because I think it's a valid question. It could be the question that hangs over the whole season, right? Is that commissioner has the ability to determine when losses to teams have uh, created, you know, uh, it has uh, affected the competitive integrity, I think was uh, what was said to me. uh, Right. And and, and not just losses because guys are testing positive, but losses because, you know, if if Mike Trout decides he's not going to play – and then ten of his teammates decide the same thing. Now you've got uh, now you've got a real issue. Um, yes. But anyway, let's so, get back to the, let's get back to the Padres. What what's your favorite position battle right now? Uh, catcher is intriguing to me, but I think we're going to see the same old, same old. If Austin Hedges can hit, he'll be in there quite a bit. You got the DH to play with. Get Francisco Mejia some at bats if he's hitting like he did for a portion outfield. So, Franchi Cordero has not had a good summer. Now he's uh, starting to get on base recently, and that's it's going to take. Um, whereas Edward Olivares, one of their uh, prospects, a guy they got for Yang Ervis Solarte. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, kind of one of those throwaway trades uh, with uh, Toronto. He has had an exceptional camp. And every time that you seem to think, okay, they're, they're figuring him out or he's coming down to earth, he has another great at bat, whether he gets a hit or whether he gets an out, it's, it's a really solid at bat. 
I would call him and uh, Cordero neck and neck right now. Cordero being given the benefit of the doubt because of the potential he has, how long he's been in the organization, how long they've been waiting for him, the incredible improvements that he made last year or yet another injury. Um, but he has not had a good camp. And in this season, you can't afford for someone to take April to get hot because there is no April or May or June or really July. So it's like, hey, if Edward Olivares is the guy, then that's the guy who will be on the roster. Also going to be a matter of, are they going to have five outfielders? Are they going to have six outfielders? I tend to think they're going to have five outfielders, six defenders, two catchers, and go with 15 pitchers. Uh, or, uh, yeah, go with, well, that would be 17 pitchers. So maybe it is six. And, six. and honestly, I've gotten no solid in you know insight as to how they are going to build the roster. It could depend on who's healthy at the time. That That's like a huge deal. Uh, you know what? Sure. I think we need six outfielders. And isn't there some danger a little bit in in saying that? Well, you know, this guy's had a hot a hot camp, you know, basically in intra squad games, and you know, there's we've seen guys have hot Arizonas in spring training, and then the season starts and they're nowhere. Um, you know, it doesn't always carry over. I mean, I guess you you know you obviously have to make a determination based on something, but I I wonder if they're going to go if there's a danger in in going overboard and saying that wow, this guy's been great in our intra-squad games and this other guy's been just so-so and we're going to throw everything else out the window and just go with the guy who's, you know, played well in the last week. Well, I think ha- valid. I thought it was a really funny quote that uh, A.J. Preller said, you know, you don't get uh, one of the old adages in baseball. You don't get fooled in uh, spring training or September, but he, you know, he doesn't know about uh, July summer camp, whether you get fooled, right, probably right. do. Um, and it's for this very matter. Now, hot to the team is going to be different than hot to the rest of us um, in, in a lot of ways. It's how did he look in everything that they did, not just his results. And, you know, what is his his health like um, and that sort of thing. So it is a really tough determination because they can't afford for a guy to start slow, but they can't afford to be fooled by what he did in summer camp. Yeah, that's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say a crapshoot. I mean, these guys are pouring a lot into this. Every inter-squad game they play, you've got 20, 25 members of their player development uh, department uh, or their personnel department, their player development staff, minor league coaches watching these games. And then they, these coaches and uh, player personnel guys are working like longer hours than they do in spring training, which is saying a lot. It's longer hours than you, Jay. Well, I, I, I would hope I would hope not, but it's probably true. Um, we do have a, um, a question here uh, that we we should a- answer. It says an update on on Mackenzie Gore. Um, haven't seen how he's pitched recently. Have you seen him in any intra squad games? Yeah, uh, and I would imagine that today, perhaps again. Um, it's 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 funny. It's I'm not up to date like I would be in spring training, but I, I think it's possible today. Garrett Richards goes today. Uh, Mackenzie Gore in both of his outings, in particular in the last one, it's clear he can get major leaguers out. Um, it's it's remarkable. It's actually been remarkable about about all of their prospects, how much they have the ability to step up. Now, the key will be, do they continue to make the adjustments? Because that's what Major League Baseball is all about, right? They figure out what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and they adjust, and you have to adjust to that. But the, the confidence and the talent that all these kids have is – 
wow, uh, because, you know, some of these uh, guys like Eric Hosmer uh, has made uh, the comment. I think even Manny Machado, who was in the majors at 19, um, you know, made or 20, made the uh, comment like, if, if you put me out there with, uh, you know, some really good players at that age, I'm going to be really nervous, and these kids don't look nervous at all. Mackenzie Gore specifically, it has been the issue, and, and issue makes it sound bad. It's something that every kid has to deal with. His stuff is not consistent enough. His command is not consistent right. enough. That's the only issue. Mackenzie Gore will almost certainly pitch for the Padres this season. So we should mention that the, tonight's game and tomorrow's game, the two intra-squad games at, I think, 6-10 both night are, are being streamed on the Padres' website. And then I believe the exhibition game on Monday at Petco against the Angels is also is going to be on uh, Fox San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe both those games are. I believe those guys need their reps too. Um, yeah. You know, obviously it'll be a, a, a universal feed that they get. In that case, I guess, is it Fox Sports West now, uh, they call it? So Yeah, it, um, it would be. Um, actually just got an email from the um, – from Fox oh, here about their the, the two live exhibition games next Monday and Wednesday. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll both be on Fox San Diego. And then all the games, obviously, during the season are on there, although I think five of them are on FS1 instead of uh, Fox San Diego. But I think everybody gets – if you get one, you get the other. Um, I wanted to talk about Hedges briefly um, and – this, the idea that he says, I've got this approach now and I'm going to ride or die with it. So what do you think? Are we going to see him ride or are we going to see him, or we're going to see him die? And, and obviously, Jay Singlish made it clear his on-base percentage is not going to be 257 and have him be in the lineup, that he's got to get it up around 300. So where do you think we're, what do you think we're going to see out of Austin Hedges as if you could predict any of this? Yeah, because uh, he's second only to Will Myers in terms of us talking about the adjustments that consistency. there is, you know, it's like every year I feel, I feel bad for him. I feel worse for myself because I have to find a new way to frame it. What I will say about Austin Hedges is he essentially has no choice. And, and maybe the 60 games works because he only has to stay with this approach for 60 games. He's going to walk into five or six homers uh, in 60 games. Mm-hmm. Okay. He needs to get on base three out of 10 times. If it's even close to that, I mean, if it's, you know, 2.95 out of 10 times and he's catching really well and the guys around him, this has been an issue. You know, I'm not saying you can afford a 257 on base percentage. Okay. But if you're Austin Hedges defensively and all that means, and you have a 280 on base percentage and the guys around you in the order don't also have a 280 or 290 on base percentage. You know, your hole in the offense isn't like a black hole, right? But unfortunately, that's been the case. So if around him, and if you look at the lineups they've been throwing out there, we're talking about Trent Grisham batting fifth or sixth. Um, we're, uh, We're talking about Will Myers batting sixth or seventh. I mean, that seems like the potential for a better lineup. Tommy Pham up there at the top. Um, You know, we'll see. But there is that potential. So, you know, the rising tide, it raises all, all yeah. ships. That's a, that's also something you have to hope for. Because as much as I like Austin Hedges, I mean, quite honestly, I just think that he's a, a really good player and a really good um, guy and good for this team. The fact is, there's not much time left. There's not much time left in this guy's bat if, uh, if it, you know, if it doesn't come to life. How, do you get any sense of how, how short the leash is? 
I mean, in terms of, you know, is it is it a week? Is it three weeks? You know, that that sort of thing. Some of that's going to depend on Francisco Mejia too. It, it uh-huh. just, I mean, uh, you got the DH to work with. Uh, where if they're both hitting well, but if neither is hitting well, then it's like, oh, geez, what do we do? Um, there's Luis Torrens, but I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Who, by, by the way. If the last time you saw Luis Torrens play was when he was a Rule 5 pick. If you missed him last September and uh, it went one game, um, and you haven't watched his minor league, the guy's a lot better. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about Luis Torrens being in instead of one of these guys. The leash right. shorter because everyone's leash is shorter in a 60-game season. And we could talk about lineup construction at another point, but there's, there's a certain left-handed hitter that I would think I would I would want to see lower in the order against left-handed pitching uh, as opposed to maybe in the cleanup spot against right-handed pitching. But we can, we can talk about that. If that happens, Eric Hosmer. Um, What's that? Yeah. So um, where are things on the, on the rotation right now? Do you get any sense? Is there a, uh, is Lucchese the favorite for the fifth spot right now from what you've seen? Lucchese is the favorite for the fifth spot. If for no other reason, then Cal Quantrill has proved himself in a relief role. Right. He has never pitched in relief. Now, a lot of people are going to have to do different things but uh, this season. But I believe with Joey Lucchese that they feel like they've gotten him to a place of consistency now. They've gotten him to a place where he's physically fit. Uh, his, you know, his mental game is stronger, and they would like to keep him in the spot that got him there. Rather than, oh, hey, Joe, we need you to learn how to pitch in the uh, fifth inning and, and try to get us through the game or three innings. So, and Cal Quantrill has done that from the start. So, I think Joey Lucchese starts as your number five starter. Look, they have assured us that they're going with five pitchers. 30 games in the first 31 days and 52 in the, in the first 55 days of the season. There will be a spot start for Cal Quantrill and others, even if by some miracle – the Padres are not hit with any COVID cases or any injuries in their rotation. There will have to be spot starts. Right, right. Well, I mean, some you know people people get the flu. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why uh, yes. why why people miss starts. There is one other question I see here from a guy asking you: Have you seen Cole Wilcox pitch um, since he signed? I have not seen Cole Wilcox pitch. I think that he didn't even do his first bullpen until he was until a week into this thing. So right. I'm not, I'm, I haven't seen Cole Wilcox pitch. And to some extent that's surprising to me. I did not hear whether he pitched one of the last two nights at USD. Um, Cole Wilcox is a long, it's Jeff Sanders uh, purview. And, and he does a great job at that. <laughs> I apologize. You know, he's a little ways from the majors and uh, certainly a little, uh, not going to be on the team this year. Right. Um, they have interest squads the next two nights. Are they going to be playing them over the weekend as well? And you're going to, have to grab the binoculars again, or or is that uh, is that finished? Friday and Saturday is supposed to be there, and I'll have to grab the binoculars, and, and that'll be nice, and I, a, a wistful farewell to the Grassy Knoll for me. Uh, Sunday, going to take a break is my understanding. That'll be the last off day for a month or for over a month, and so they're going to take a little break there. Um, this These next two nights are going to be like serious uh, dress rehearsals for everybody, the game day staff, uh, you know, every, everybody. And that's what they've been using these inter-squads for because it is such a unique situation. Um, but uh, these next two nights will be very interesting. Like I said, Garrett Richards going tonight. Um, you know, I think the rotation is uh, going to be Paddock, 
Lamette Richards. It might be Paddock, Richards, Lamette, and then Davies, uh, Lou Casey. You'll be in the press box tonight, or will you go to the grassy knoll just for the heck of it? I think I'll take advantage of the press box, especially since, you know, it's a little easier to write from there. The game starts at uh, 610. I will tell you one thing I'm going to miss, and, man, I look as forward to anybody as Don and Mud getting back to work, but these inter-squad games, like, have been going, like, 215, 220, because there's no – the pitcher gets the ball, he throws his warm-ups, and, it's, and it plays. Right. And it shows you that – now, there are some guys who take longer, but it shows you that these guys want to – have it go you know that maybe it's not so much the pace of the game uh as all the things they have to do that uh i'm I'm actually going to miss these inter-squad games to some extent well some yeah i wonder how much some of these guys will still move quick work fast especially relievers seem to be the worst uh of all when you know you get a runner on base and all of a sudden it's you know 20 30 40 seconds between pitches it'd be nice to to pick that up a little but uh, anyway, well, I'll look forward to uh, to seeing what you've been watching uh, from the grassy yeah, knoll. On it's uh, nice that they're, they're going to stream these suckers. Uh, yeah, nine. be able to keep, get a Wait. look the next couple nights, and we should come back. What maybe on Monday? Uh, we might have to start two a week next week, Kevin. We might have to go Monday and then uh, and do a special opening day edition. On yeah, uh, we've uh, pretty much. You know, We've come close to doing the start of every series. Doing that uh, this year, there's a fair amount of two-game series. Uh, we'd be we'd be really be going at it. I don't have a problem with that, but I do look forward. Like you said, we are nine days away. Yeah, nine eight. the twenty-fourth. Yeah. yeah. No. Depends on how right, you count, Jay. Eight, eight. Well, eight days from the MLB openers, nine days from the Padres openers. So, um, well, we'll. Uh, so we'll we'll catch you probably on Monday as things stand now, and we'll uh, we'll it'll it'll be game week, you know, Raider week or Diamondback week or whatever uh, whatever we want to call it. I know we're almost there, Kevin. We're almost there. It's uh, I don't know if it's eight short days or eight long days. That's uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> That's something Jace Tingler's really been and uh, kind of harping and uh, is honestly you can't get too far ahead because it might not happen that's that's just a reality that hangs over so you got to prepare today like okay it's like these guys talk about one day at a time i think they're actually finally living it <laughs> well it's thanks everybody living, living smart too thanks everyone for joining us and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week